Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. We have your Bibles. You can turn over to uh, Genesis chapter 39. And uh, we've been going through this. Uh, I, and by the way, the Easter service, I'll, I'll begin to I'll talk about that more and give more vision of that uh, in the weeks to come. That way you understand we're not just, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do two services. <laughs> a lot, lot more vision behind that, but we'll share that as we go along. Um, and so in, in our study, we have been looking at these life points along the way. And we were doing points before. I felt like, though, that we need to kind of give a name to these. And so that's why I just decided to say, you know what, we'll call them life points. Things that we can look at the life of Joseph that are important that we can use in our lives today. And so last week's was a great reminder, a great life point for us. To hope that, hopefully you're here. Hopefully you jot it down. Hopefully you'll try to remember it uh, as, as often as possible. But it was this. If you're focused on short-term benefits, you might miss out on long-term uh, rewards. And so, so often we get so wrapped up in the right now. We get so wrapped up in, in, in what's before us or what we could possibly obtain that's right before us. And we don't think about the long-term consequences or even long-term rewards when we start making those decisions. And uh, again, we saw Joseph in, in, our, in our study. He was unwilling to compromise. He was unwilling to say, you know what, okay, uh, I'll, I'll give in, I'll, I'll give up in this area. He was unwilling to do that. He was determined to be the person that God had called him to be in, in his lack of, uh, of, of compromise. And so, uh, again, this was in the midst of a great trial. It wasn't like Joseph was, um, you know, blessed as he could possibly be and, and free as he possibly could be and had everything that he possibly could want. And from that point of blessing, he was saying, I'm not going to compromise because God has given me everything I could ever want. My life is as perfect as it can ever, could ever be. It wasn't from that place that Joseph was unwilling to compromise. It was a place of captivity. He was, he was a, a prisoner. He was in bondage. He wasn't with his family. He was in a foreign land. All these things were in place, and so it was from there that he was determined to be who God called him to be, and it's from that place that God said, I'm going to bless you. And again, we have got to remember that God blessed him beyond what anybody could imagine. Uh, again, he was promoted, he was blessed, and I believe it was all because he was the type of person that God wanted him to be. It wasn't because he was focused on a good business plan. It wasn't, it wasn't because he was focused on how he could really get rich in this circumstance or how he could be famous in this circumstance. He wasn't focused on those short-term benefits, those temporal benefits. He was focused on being who God called him to be, the type of man that God called him to be. And in that, regardless of his circumstance, again, that's where God blessed him. And I think we need to do the same. We need to be determined in our life, no matter what you're going through, what trial you're facing, no matter what um, difficulties that, that you're dealing with, no matter what health problem, financial, relational, uh, whatever, no matter what, we need to be determined to be that person who God's called us to be. And uh, to be a modern-day Joseph, I want to challenge you with that. Determine, you say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman. I don't care. Be a, be, be a modern-day Joseph, the type of person Joseph was. Determine to be that. Say, regardless of who I am, regardless of what I'm going through, I want to be the person that God's called me to be. And so this morning, I want to pray and look at, uh, we'll probably get one life point. I got two in your notes. 
Uh, I don't know that we'll get to the second one, but uh, we'll at least get one. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time again. Thank you for what we've been able to experience uh, in this place, Lord. Just the opportunity to lift your name. You're, you're worthy of our worship, God. You're worthy of everything uh, that we could ever say and, and so much more that we could ever imagine, Lord. There's no way our words, there's no way a song or a, a lifetime of songs, there's no way a lifetime of service, there's nothing that we could ever do to measure up to your worth and to what you've done for us. But God, we pray that you've been honored with what we have offered to you this morning. And I pray that you would continue to bless, God, that you would continue to pour out in this place. We thank you for what you've been doing in Trinity Baptist Temple and through Trinity Baptist Temple. Lord, a stirring in this place, a I believe of preparing great trials are going on great trials have been uh, had and and I just believe you're cultivating I believe you're you're doing a great work to prepare us for something greater and so I, I pray that we would press into you that we would seek your face that we would not only uh, seek right now what you have for us in this message but we would daily uh, be determined to be modern day Joseph's God that we would determine to be the people you've called us to be regardless of what we go through and I pray you just bless now. Lord, use me as a vessel so that you're glorified alone. And we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Life point number one, it's right there in your notes, right off the bat, is this. When you are who you are supposed to be, at times, things can become more difficult. So just when you think that you are going through it, you say, man, I don't know if it can get much harder than it is right now. And then you say, I'm, I'm trying to be every, I, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful to God. I'm trying to serve him. I'm trying to live the life that God wants me to live. I, I'm trying to do all these things. And you say, isn't that the way that I'm supposed to get out of the problem is being who I'm supposed to be and doing what I'm supposed to do? Listen, sometimes when you do that, it gets even more difficult. And so, well, that's not encouraging. <laughs> Listen, it's okay if it does that. We, we, we've got to get out of our, our modern American comfort-driven mindsets and lifestyles. We've, we've got to get out of that and, and see our lives in view of eternity, the way that God sees our lives. We, we've got to see our lives as vessels for His service, for His, His, His purpose, for His glory. That's what we are. None of us gave ourselves life. None of, our, none of us gave ourselves eternal life. None of us have done the things that we can't do for ourselves. Again, God has done those things. So we are his. And so when we look at stories in the Bible like Joseph, it's just another reminder. It's a repeating occurrence over and over and over and over. We talked about Daniel last week. We talked about his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, we've talked about Paul. This is what we see in, in their lives. Uh, just think about Daniel again. This is this is. Further down in, 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 in history and in God's, God's work with mankind, but it was similar to, to Joseph's situation. Daniel was in captivity in Babylon, right? Well, what had he done? He had, he had done nothing wrong. He was, he was skilled. He was, uh, he was uh, useful. He had been promoted. Uh, he was being the person God wanted him to be and even still doing the things that he was supposed to do. And guess what happened? You know, many of you know what happened. He was thrown into the den of lions. It wasn't that when things got worse and, and he was in this situation that as he began to be who God called him to be and do what God called him to do, that all of a sudden everything got better. It actually got a little more difficult for Daniel. But as we know that story, who was with him in the midst of that, that lion's den? 
the angel of the Lord. God, God was with him. God was taking care of him even when it got worse. And Daniel trusted that and knew that and leaned on that. Same thing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They get thrown in a fiery furnace so hot that the workers, when they got close, it would consume them. But they got thrown in, and when they looked in, there was a fourth man in the fire. God was with them. And that's the same thing for us today. When we go through things, it's not that when we go through the fiery furnace, we say, listen, I can't take this anymore. God, fix it for me. Rescue me. Get me out of it. It's, that, that's not necessarily the answer. And it's, the answer is also not, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be who God wants me to be. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be out of this trial. Sometimes things can get more difficult. The refining process may take a little bit longer. It may need a little bit more intense heat. But that's the reality of our lives sometimes. Again, we look in Scripture and we see that God does amazing, miraculous things in the lives and through the lives of these people that we're talking about. Paul, same thing. In the path of the faithful, in the path of the righteous of Christ, in the path, in this dark world, this is the case for the people of God. And so this is not an encouraging message at all. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm go, I've been going through something for a long time, and, and, I'm, and I'm hopeful that it'll end really quick. Listen, some people would ask, why would anybody want to go down a path that they knew was difficult, that if they were trying to do everything right, would only get more difficult? Why would somebody want to do that? Why would, why would a Christian say, yeah, that's cool. That's cool with me. I'll, I'll sign me up for that. Why would uh, somebody who's not a Christian, considering to go and follow Christ, hear something like this and say, I want to do it. Sign me up. You know, I mean, that sounds great. You mean if I give my life to Christ and he gives me eternal life and, 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 and when my life is over, I get to go to heaven and, uh, and it's free. I just trust him. He's made the way. He died on the cross, shed his blood, made the payment for my sins. He rose again. And, and I have life through him. But what you're telling me is that in this life, that I'll have difficulty still, all my problems won't go away, my life won't just be a life of comfort and convenience, that I could actually go from one problem to a greater problem? I don't know that I want that life, you know? But why would someone want to do this? Why would this be okay for somebody considering to follow Christ? Why would this be okay for us as Christians to say, I'm okay with this? I list a few reasons here in your notes. Number one, it's the only path of promise rewards. It's the only path of promise rewards. Don't, don't believe anything else because the Bible does not say that there's another path that contains the promises of God other than the path of being a child of God, walking in obedience with God. It's, it's, it's in Scripture. That's the only... Jesus, he encapsulated all of our earthly concerns and in, in with, our, with our spiritual focus in, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he wraps it all up and he says this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you read the, the verses before that, what he was talking about is, is, is being worried about what clothes, am I going to have clothes to wear, worrying about if you have shelter over your head, worrying about if you have food to eat, Worried about if you're going to be taken care of in this life. And he says, listen, don't do that. There's people who, without God, worry about that. You are my children. And listen, if, if, if God takes care of the sparrows, don't you know he's going to take care of you? You know? And, and, and so that's why he says, so you put the kingdom of God first in your life. Prioritize it. Be the person that you're supposed to be. 
And, and God will take care of everything you need. Not necessarily everything that you want. Everything you need. Because, right, everything that we want in this life isn't necessarily good for us. Right? You know, we ate a dessert last night. I wanted it. It wasn't good for me. That's, but that's the way it is, right? Just because everything we want in this life is, it doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's good for us. Second reason is this, the only path of promised help. It's the only path of promised help. If you want help, if you want that fourth man in the fire, if, if, if you want the angel of the Lord in the lion's den, if you, if you want that help in the midst of the trial, it's going to be because you are the person God calls you to be, that you're striving, seeking first, that you're remaining loyal and faithful to him. He's going to help you. Scripture promises this. In Hebrews chapter 13 and in Matthew chapter 28, Hebrews chapter 13 uh, kind of gives some Christian responsibilities there. And, and, and he says this, I, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I think it's verse 5. Matthew chapter 28, it's the Great Commission. Here's your job until I come back. Here's the Great Commission. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out and make disciples of every nation. I want you to baptize them. And when they are baptized, then I want you to disciple them, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And then he gives this promise. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Again, it's the path of promised help. When we say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. I'm going to be who you've called me to be. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to live my life after you. I'm going to follow you then that's the path of promised help, regardless of what we go through. Even if things get more difficult than they currently are, if you remain true to who God's called you to be, you remain faithful to him in your life, then you can absolutely count on the fact that he's going to help you in the middle of it. I read a devotion this week, I think Friday, Thursday or Friday morning, and, and uh, I, I love it. I, I love the devotion. It's about Jesus and the storms and him calming the storms and, and uh he was saying that, you know, many of us know the story that he's told his disciples to go to the other side. He lays down in the back of the boat and falls asleep. And what is so interesting about this is that there was a pillow in the boat. And that's what the, the, the writer of the devotion pointed out, is that's not necessarily a fishing utensil. You know, it's a fishing boat, right? It's a fishing boat. You have nets and you have weights and you have all kinds of different things that, that you're doing the job for. But to have a pillow... In there, well, yeah, sure, they, they slept on the, on the sea. Uh, again, just the fact that there was a pillow there, I, I thought it was a great point to bring out. You know, there he is. He's planning on sleeping. You know, he was God. He was planning on sleeping to show them that God is in control, that he's in control even in the midst of the storm. As long as you're with Jesus. Right? That's, that, that's the key factor. He was there in the boat with them. Just trust the Lord. Number three, it's the only path of prepared future. The reality is you can't grow without adversity. You can't grow without trials. And, and sometimes we go through trials so, so long and so severe that we say this. We get to this point. I don't even care if I grow. Maybe you're, you've gone through that. Maybe you have gone through that. Maybe you're, you're dealing with something so severe that you say, you know what, I don't, I don't even care. I just want out of it. I don't care if I grow through it. I just want to be out of it. The Bible says in James, to count on all joy. The reality is this, you will not be prepared for what's ahead, good or bad, if you don't do this. If you don't walk the path of being who God's called you to be, staying true and steadfast, staying obedient to him, being that modern day Joseph, 
then it doesn't matter what you want. You will not be prepared even for the good things that are ahead. Had Joseph not experienced what he was experiencing right now, I don't believe that what we'll see in the future would come to pass in his life. But he was determined to be who God called him to be even when things got worse. I remember doing drills in sports, and some of these drills were torturous. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Why are you making it? This doesn't, this is never, I'm never going to be in this position on the football field. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to crawl across the football field like this, you know? I mean, why am I, why am I having to belly crawl? Why am I having belly flop? I never, you know, I mean, there were things in my mind I was thinking, well, then later on you realize a lot of that was not only preparing you uh, in for actual things, but there were also things that it was preparing you for that you were going above and beyond for. See, if you weren't over-prepared, there's a chance that you could be injured or, or fail or, or, or miss, you know, the, the whole goal there. Uh, but I remember the same thing with tests in school. Man, I hated exams. There's, there's some people that like them. There's a lot of people that don't like, it, don't like exams. But sometimes you take those tests and you think, when am I going to use this? I remember thinking that sometimes in, in, in algebra. You know, there have been a couple times in my adult life that I've been th- that I thought, <clears throat> I wish I knew that formula. <laughs> so I just call Ron Jones. But um, that's what I've done in the past. Hey, I'm trying to build a shed. Do you have a formula? <laughs> um, but um, again, this, these preparations through these difficult times, exams, overexertion and drills, that they all are in preparation of what would come or what could come. We want this principle to be true in the areas of our life that's convenient and comfortable for us to be true. But not too many of us want this to be true in the spiritual area of our life, in the spiritually cultivating area of our life. I I don't want God to shape me through this type of trial. I don't want God to do this work in my life with this. I, I don't want this kind of, I don't want to have to deal with this kind of trial in my life. Why can't it be a trial like they're going through? It seems like their trial's lighter than my trial, you know? I, I, I don't want this, I don't want it to be like this. How am I going to use this? How is this going to benefit me in the future? How is this going to set me up to be a stronger Christian? This is pulling me down. Again, we have all kinds of thoughts, but Joseph could have chosen this. Joseph could have said, listen, I don't want this kind of trial, God. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be who I, I, you want me to be because I feel like being like this. Joseph could have done that. But Joseph chose, chose to be who God called him to be. And in the choosing, it got more difficult. Things went from bad to worse. Look at it. Genesis 39, verse 7. And it came to pass, after these things, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. I don't know if she, I don't know if she said it like that, but it's just kind of, you know, like a, that's what we've seen in this, uh, a lot of drama, you know. We've seen a lot of drama so far. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold. You know, I love the language in here, too. Like, because behold, I look, 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 lady, look, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house. He doesn't have a clue 
what's going on in this place. He's entrusted everything to me. And he's committed all that he has in my hand. And there's none greater in this house than I. I, I am I'm over everything. He has set me over everything. We've already seen that so far. Neither has he kept anything back from me. Look at those next two little words. But you. I, I have everything. He's given me everything. He's given me control. I'm over everything. I have authority. I have access to everything. I, I, I am over it all. I mean, I've been given. He wasn't boasting in this. He was simply saying, I've been given the highest responsibility and have access to everything that he owns except for you because you're his wife, he says. Look at the question he asked. With all of this, how could I then do this great wickedness? And I love the, the, where you see the motive of Joseph's heart in the next part of that question. And sin against God. How could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He didn't even talk about his boss. He didn't talk about her. He didn't talk about shame in his family. He said, how could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Here in this great trial, yet again we see the character of Joseph, the type of person he was. I want you to think about this this morning. He had everything. And, and, and could have had the, the opportunity, could have used this to have more. He could have. He could have had more. But he refused to give in and compromise. He could, have, he could have said, you know what? I have everything in my master's house but you, his wife, and you want me. I think I'll take it. Then I'll have everything. I'll, I'll, it'll be about me. I'll consume my own desires and flesh. But listen, he refused to please his flesh and hurt his God. Did you hear that? He refused to please his flesh and hurt his God. Joseph could have done what many of us try to do when we want something. Well, what do we try to do sometimes when it's, it's just a matter of pleasing our flesh and, and doing what we want to do? What, what, what do we do sometimes? We try to justify it. Joseph could have done that. He could have tried to justify it and then just dismiss it afterwards. You know what? It wasn't that big a deal. I mean, literally, let's... let's, let's Let's really get there and explain how, did he ever really say that I couldn't have his wife? He told me everything was mine, that he didn't really care because I was being blessed of God and I was his, his, his little genie bringing everything good to his life. And so I don't really care. Now, did he really, he could have done that, but he didn't. Regardless of if, if, if his boss said that he could have access, again, the motive of Joseph's heart was clear. I, I believe, it doesn't say that there, but I believe that Joseph could have said something like this. Even if he gave me access to you, you're his wife, and I can't do this against God. That was the motive of his heart. Again, Joseph serves as a great example to many of us. I believe to all of us, but for us as Christians. Not only that, he, he's a type of Christ. And you say, what? He's a type of what? A, a type or, uh, 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 is like a figure, an example of something in the New Testament that's seen in the Old Testament. It could be someone or something. And Joseph serves as a type of Christ uh, from the Old Testament, picturing what the New Testament, what, what Jesus Christ is. Here are some of the ways that he was a type of Christ. Joseph was determined to please his father. And he did. He found favor with his father. 
Joseph's brothers, his family, those who he came into, he came into his own, his, he, he was rejected, he was envied, he was cast out, he was betrayed, he was given over to a foreign authority. Again, Christ was given over to the Roman authorities. And again, all of these things are types of Christ. We'll see more of uh, how he was a type of Christ in, in, in the study to come. But again, great example for us today in what he did and what he was going, th- going through. Many times we think that the Christian life is supposed to be the good life in the here and now. And we think that the Christian life is supposed to be so uh, just, Im- it's supposed to improve my life, right? When, when I get saved, my life is supposed to be bettered in the here and now. I love the illustration from, I think it was Way of the Master years ago, uh, how they describe some people telling, uh, explaining that the Christian life is, people try to explain it like, well, it's kind of like putting a parachute on, on an airplane and telling them it'll improve your life. When an, a parachute being worn during a flight, pushing you forward in the seat, doesn't make you very comfortable. And if you are in the minority of those wearing that parachute, and you begin to say, this is not comfortable, this is not working out how they told me. Matter of fact, nobody, hardly anybody else is wearing this. People are making fun of me. I, I don't, I'm not like everybody else. And, and just take it off. So when it doesn't improve your flight, you get disenchanted. But the, what's the purpose of a parachute? To save your life when, when the plane goes down. But again, sometimes even those of us who have been saved, we begin to think, well, isn't my life supposed to be better Sometimes we get frustrated when it's not better or more comfortable like we want it. I want to remind us and, and encourage us with this. The best life is to come. Free from all the junk here, it's coming. But I'll say this as well. If you're a Christian, this is the best life possible on this earth because it's the only life there is no life outside of christ that's what scripture says and so what's the option death so why does it have to be like that because we live in a fallen world we live in a dark world we live in a world that the bible says is controlled by not that god's not in control ultimately but at this point in time satan has reign over this temporal world this world system he has, he has control. He's the prince of the power of the air. He has the, the, the say in, in, in this temporal world system that we live. One day God will remove this world system. He will judge evil ultimately. And God's system, his eternal kingdom, will fully be installed for all of eternity. But for now, we live in God's kingdom but in a foreign land. So this is life. And it's the best life possible to have in Christ. John 3.36 says this, and I'm about to close. He that, hath, uh, he that believeth on the Son, listen, listen to this, hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son, listen to this, shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. So if you don't have Christ, if you don't believe in Christ for salvation, you have death and wrath on your life, on, on your temporal life right now. John chapter 5, verse 24, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, listen to this, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, will not face judgment for his salvation, but is passed from death unto life. The reason why is because our sins were judged on the cross 
of Christ. He was judged on the body of Christ on the cross. 1 John 5, 12, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Again, it's the only life. It's, it's the only way to have life, period, is through Jesus Christ. And on top of that, we are promised help and resources as the children of God. We, we are given, the Bible says, we just saw recently, all things that pertain to life and to godliness because of what God has given to us. It's, that's, that's the help beyond human help, right? Hey, I need some help with my fence. Humans can go do that. Now, could God just make it happen? Absolutely, he has that power. But humans can help. The type of help God provides is the type of help that humans can't provide. Sometimes God use, uses humans to provide that help in supernatural ways as well. We're given these things that pertain to these. But here's this last thing, and I'm going to be done. Here's where we begin to make some mistakes when we're going through trials. Joseph could have done this, but he didn't. So maybe you're going through something right now, and you're saying, where am I going wrong? I don't feel like, I don't feel like I, I feel the presence of God or I see the favor of God it, through my trial right now like Joseph was. Now listen, that's one of the, the mistakes we make is the first thing that I have there. We begin to compare our trouble and our trials to others. Why can't it be like them? I know they went through this and they didn't have to deal with this. We begin to look and compare our troubles and trials with others, and that's a mistake. God gives examples before us, absolutely, but listen. God has a purpose and a plan for each individual in this, in this place. And he may take you through a similar trial that he did somebody else, but it doesn't mean that he took them through that same trial for the exact same purpose. Or a different, maybe a, a, for a, a certain season of their life. Number two, we, only, we look only for the end of the trial and the trouble. That's the second mistake that we make. We, we just want it to be over. I just want to see the end. I don't really care what happens between now and then because I want, to be, I want it to be over. We, we're not necessarily, look what Joseph was dealing, look what God was doing with Joseph's life. Think about Daniel, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Think about all these things, these trials they went through, and all the examples that were learned, and all the strength that was gathered through the trial. Sometimes we don't even care about that, we just want the end of the trial. I've been guilty of that before. I'm just ready for it to be over. And maybe miss what God wanted me to be, what God wanted me to do, how he wanted to use me. Whatever. Number two. Number three, we fixate on comfort and not Christ. We fixate on comfort and not Christ. God wants us to fixate on Christ in the trials. There is a fourth man that's in the fire. There is an angel in the midst of the, the, the lion's den. God is there with us through it. And if we'll fixate ourselves on him in the trial, then man... It'll go well with us. Number four, we're infatuated with the temporal. When we become infatuated with the temporal, we lose sight of the eternal. We fixate only on what is now. Only what we're experiencing now. Only how it applies to our life now. We don't think, maybe there's something that God is doing in this and through this that I may never know. Regardless, I'm going to be who God's called me to be and do what God's called me to be. 
coming to do. I want you to notice that Joseph wasn't, wasn't saying when his response to this woman, when he said, look at me, I'm not going to do this. His response was, wasn't, because if I do this, I'll lose all my money and my power. It wasn't fixated on temporal things. It wasn't fixated on the stuff that he had. He wasn't saying, this, this is why I won't do this because of this. He wasn't even saying, why does this have to happen to me? Everything in my life seems good. I've got money. I've got power. I haven't got no stinking brothers messing with me anymore. <laughs> why does this have to happen to me right now? He didn't even say that. He referenced the blessings, but only as a marker to show the responsibility that he'd been given, the entrustment that he'd been given by God. As a reference. Therefore, he couldn't break the trust and responsibility that he had been given. And secondly, he couldn't sin against God, who had given him so much, even in the midst of the trials. I wonder this morning, if maybe you're in the midst of the trial, and you're only fixated on that, and you're not seeing the great blessings that God is still providing for you in your life. I wonder if, if you're able to see that it has gone from difficult to more difficult, but in that transition process, you, you took your eyes off of Christ and put them on the comfort or the lack of comfort that you have. I just want to encourage you this morning, take, the, take this life point with you. Sometimes in the path of obedience, things get more difficult for us. Sometimes it's hard, and it gets harder. But stay fixated on Christ. Stay faithful to him. Be a modern-day Joseph. Don't, don't quit. Don't give up. Why? Because you just may miss a great work of God in your life. Now, I would hate to have gone through an exam for nothing. The last thing, and, and, and I'm done. When I was a freshman in college, I, was, I had determined that I was, first of all, I was going to go play baseball. Um, that was quick. Um, and then I, I determined that I was going to be a dentist. That was just about as quick of a dream uh, as, as the baseball was. But I got into to a college, and it was a weed-out class there at a university. And, and, and sitting in that class with, I don't know, 200 students or so, I was in the biology class. And the, 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 the dean of arts and sciences was the professor. Whew, he was so exciting. And uh, that was facetious. Um, he was not exciting at all. Very boring, very dry. And it was back in the day when they used overhead projectors. And he, was, he would go out there and he'd take all those notes, you know. Writing them all down. I would take all the notes. Very quickly, I learned as I was failing exams that uh, I did not do what I needed. I didn't read the syllabus. I didn't understand that it was coming from the book and not from the notes. And realized real quickly that uh, I was not going to be a dentist. If I can't pass biology, I'm not going to be. <laughs> I did well later on, but um, sometimes we we miss it. We miss God's uh, purpose. Sometimes we miss the, the point of the trial. We miss the point of the exam. Uh, we're looking just for an end. And uh, I just want to encourage you this morning again: be fixated on who God's called you to be. Be a modern day Joseph. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be here. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for this reminder this morning. Uh, God, we, um, we go through things in this life, and I know that you know. You, you tell us in your word that you know the numbers of hair on our head. And so we know that you know when we're going through trials. And we also know that you love us. And 
and you love us so much that you, you died for us. God, just because we go through trials, it doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you don't love us. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. You are doing a work in and through us in this temporal world that's fallen that sometimes is difficult and it gets more difficult. Help us to stay fixated on you. Help us to stay faithful to you. Help us to stay being the person that we're supposed to be so that you can accomplish in and through us what you want, God. We know that in the end, it'll go well with us. We know that in the end, that's the, that's the promised rewards. That's, that's the things that we really want and need. And so, Lord, we pray that you would just move now, help us respond rightly. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name.